0: Has Russia finally tapped out in Bakhmut And are the Ukrainians going to make any more progress on the way to Kremina? I'm Paul, U.S. Army combat veteran. It's December 30th, 2022. This is your daily Ukraine update. Let's get into it. Okay, first off, when we look at the control map, no change in territory anywhere, which is itself sort of interesting. Second, when we look here, we can see that in Bakhmut, there were very few attacks on the urban core of the city. One reportedly outside of the city well into this forested area here, and some to the south near Uh We also, of course, have one attack near Batmutsky. But as we've seen, the data has become increasingly clear that these attacks are extremely anemic. Uh, they are in military in in a nato force these wouldn't be considered even attacks they would be considered uh probing operations with 5 to 10 soldiers and some of the video of these soldiers uh being almost certainly just forced to advance through open terrain uh seems pretty terrifying honestly uh it's a far cry from what is proven to work in this battlefield which is well coordinated uh appropriate tactics using all the resources available now when we look to the north we can see that of course russians are attempting to counterattack on the ukrainian offensive near krimina uh they haven't made much advances but again we would call this a spoiling attack Um, you can see here uh uh the and you, know, you have the Russian, or excuse me, the Ukrainian effort to try to clear out some of these villages here. Uh, there's some rumors that actually Russian headquarters have actually withdrawn from satelve and moved themselves further inland to coordinate their forces from a more uh, safe location. But it still seems like if there's going to be a decisive breakthrough again, we're not seeing it yet. But as i said yesterday 72 hours i think is the window from which if ukrainian forces are going to achieve a breakthrough they're going to be able to do so um before russia can divert reinforcements to shore up this front here and of course when we look at war mapper uh, he also reports no changes no notable changes to control in bachmet um, or to the overall situation so This is not itself interesting, I think. This is the ebb and flow of war, especially in the winter. Things are just going to run a little slower. Literally, you have less daylight. So for Russian forces uh, operating... Again, as it were, we're in some of the shortest days of the year. So they have the least, the smallest window in which they can operate. And especially Russian forces uh, without cold weather gear or good supplies in the best of times, the need and logistical demands of winter operations are just vastly, vastly higher. Ukrainian forces probably much better equipped to conduct winter operations, but as we've seen, they too don't have extensive night vision devices, so they too are operating with a smaller window of, uh, well, operational time and space. All of this is interesting, but what's most fascinating is that Ukraine's military directorate has actually said, or at least the chief of their military directorate, has said that the situation is just stuck. Both Russian and Ukrainian troops lack the resources or ability to move forward. Uh, He said that Ukrainian forces cannot defeat Russian troops in all directions comprehensively. This is obviously true. And reiterated that Ukraine is waiting the supply of new and more advanced weapon systems. Uh, This is really interesting that... uh, the ukrainian forces to sit there and openly say hey listen we are sort of at a deadlock russia can't break us we cannot break russia and i and, and, and i'm going to be honest with you guys my long-term assessment of this conflict a lot of people are like how will it end well remember since 2014 the donbass uh was not controlled by ukraine uh russian-backed separatists maintained a low intensity conflict that ukraine ukrainian armed forces were unable to break uh so i say that because there is a precedent for this sort of uh world war one style neutrality right remember world war one there was a lot of movement in the first it was really 16 weeks of that conflict um and then after about week 16 to 20 you began to see battle lines become set and then the changes slowed to a glacial pace and the reason it did was obviously uh, you know we say oh it's because it was trench warfare well that's correct but before world war one it wasn't there was no trench warfare as a concept there was uh, something called earthworks that was sort of analogous but the idea was that simply the first 16 weeks were a massive learning curve at every level for these armies Uh, generals had to learn new ways to use their forces in the era of the machine gun Uh, commanders on the ground had to evolve new ways to move and shoot and engage targets uh, in the uh, era of the aircraft and the uh you know long-range highly accurate individual rifle Uh, and Troops needed new ways to to protect themselves in the era of the long-range artillery piece. All of that culminated in a steep learning curve, but after 16 to 20 weeks, that learning curve began to settle. And we see here in this conflict, right, we are eight months in, so what's that, 32 weeks or so? And you can see that both sides, despite Russia's best efforts to not learn anything, are slowly learning how to counteract these new elements on the battlefield. Russia is becoming better at its counter-battery fire, Ukrainian forces are becoming better and better at dispersing concentrations of Russian forces, and the result is that both sides and both sides are becoming better at protecting themselves from the other side's best weapons uh drones artillery fire aircraft missile strikes each side with every subsequent day, is getting better at mitigating the enemy's ability and understanding the enemy's capabilities. What does all this mean? It means that it becomes harder in a war over time to make major decisive breakthroughs. Uh, you also, of course, as we saw, as we know in World War One, the troops if one side has a decisive advantage the longer the fight goes on the more things move towards parity and again that's simply because you have troops gaining you have uh some troops are being attrited down as we've seen in russia right where a very large army is being uh mismanaged and uh misdeployed and is eventually ground down into something on parity with the Ukrainian armed forces, uh, where all the Ukrainian armed forces are growing in strength to match the Russian armed forces. The result is that oftentimes you end up in these stalemate-type situations. Uh, and I actually suspect that for there will be some portions of the war that look like this, um, very stable, uh, as both sides try to find and, and come up with new ways to try to break these stalemates. So all in all, what do I think the future holds? Well, ISW does speculate that Russians are holding back, trying to consolidate their forces in an effort to make a more decisive push into Bakhmut. I think that's Probably true, but really, if Russia was smart, they would just pivot to defensive operations, take the next six weeks and train their mobilized troops let their logistical tail catch up to their forces, uh, especially the newly mobilized forces who need body armor, who need helmets, who need radio communication devices. Let the logistical tail catch up, and then they can attempt to launch their decisive operation. I think Ukraine can be on a somewhat shorter timeframe. It's possible that this Crimea advance is going to be it's hard to say if this breakthrough is something they're going to be able to exploit near Savulte. Uh Will it be sufficient to really get, make meaningful advances? Um, that is a, a question basically on everyone's mind. Um, and I think if they can achieve a breakthrough, they should try to exploit it as much as humanly possible. Because if there's one thing we've seen, the Russian forces, they're not that capable of, they're not that adaptable and mobile, right? Their lack of communication, their lack of command means that they can't respond to changing situations quickly. So the Ukrainians, more than the Russians, have an incentive to engage in decisive lightning strikes and exploit the fact that Russian command is really slow and plotting. So these sort of small gains are almost not worth... Uh, making because russia can react to them you have to make pushes that russia can't possibly react to with their failing command and control structure as well as their lack of mechanization in their forces now all that to say right if there's one side that could stand to make a major push i think it is probably ukraine we've also seen this could be a feint i i wouldn't rule it out they, Ukraine made an excellent fainting uh, attack in Kherson, right? Remember, there was the much-touted, long-discussed Kherson offensive, and in the reality, the offensive came from an unexpected direction in Kharkiv. Uh, that may be the case here, right? Savote is not especially tactically significant. People are like, oh, it's a central hub for supplying uh, the north and south uh, fronts of the Russian lines here along the Kharkiv-Krimea line, and that's true, right? You guys can see that for large portions, this major roadway here is is outside of Ukrainian artillery range and feeds directly from Russian, Russian or Belarussian, uh, Russian territory right into Russian-controlled Ukraine. So it, it's it, it's not insignificant to 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 hold and capture Sevastopol, but it's not. The it's not as decisive as capturing, say, Lysychansk or Severodonetsk um, or another like major capital again, like uh, the Donetsk city. So where would I? i would at least hold out the possibility that ukrainian forces are engaging in a feint by creating a lot of very public hype about these efforts in savote maybe even putting out in the press that they feel that they are in a deadlock and then launching a more decisive strike at an area where they think uh russian forces might be at their most vulnerable um probably not probably not Bakhmut, right and probably not donetsk since those are two regions where ukrainian forces are very or russian forces are very concentrated um you also probably wouldn't want it to be here i I could see them trying to do trying to push towards mariupol exploit this sort of administrative control gap but it's also easier to to maybe even push through herson there's there's options um but keep that in mind guys and as always if you want actually it's dropping today is the latest update for the patreon um it's all the combat video breakdowns that you know youtube won't let me show you including a lot from Bachmed itself um so if you guys want that, of course, become uh, check out the Patreon. Link is in the description. And thanks to my Lieutenant Tier patrons. You guys are the one who make this whole thing possible. Thank you guys so much. I'll see you in the next one.